Dope. Can we do the numbers? Yeah. Great. One. Two. Two. <laughs> I'm always two. You're know, always three. I know. You were taking a drink, so I was just trying to go for it. Oh, restart. Restart. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> no, you can have two this time. I'll do three. <laughs> okay. One. Two. Three. Get this guy out of here. <laughs> we can't I even, we I've been gone been. for a week. What have you guys done in a week that we can't even do the numbers anymore? <laughs> I'm number two now. <laughs> I'm officially in yeah, the Yeah, what is this? <laughs> all right. All uh, right. Mutiny. Yeah. Your droid uprising, which I also this heard about that, too. Teo has sentience. No, he doesn't. I swear. No, he doesn't. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not allowing that. <laughs> in the span of a week, the droid uprising has begun. Yeah, I will. I will jump in an escape pod so fast. <laughs> Listen, you may not think it now, but by the end of this podcast, at least one of you will have joined my side. Elijah, so, neither of us are joining your side. So I think we're pretty firm. Firm no on that, man. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what Dave Filoni has up his sleeves. <laughs> okay. All wings report in. Housestar, standing by. Mother Goose, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal squadron ready for battle. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Animal Squadron podcast. I am your host, Housestar. Well. I guess these days now I'm more of a co-host in the past week, but I'd like to welcome we back my two co-hosts. Co yeah. I thought we were always co-hosts. No, I, I've been pushed to the wait. side in my absence. Yeah, I think, in a week. Wait, I think he no, thought of himself wait. as the main host. That's, that's wait, what I'm hearing. I'm sorry, I'm taking over the intro here. Did you think you were the main host this whole time? What do you mean? I've always I done the intro. I've right. always introduced our guests. Yes, true. But like, I don't know. I always thought saw us as equals. Yeah, of course we are. I, I think uh, I think we're returning again to Elijah's the the real Minoc. I think that's where I, I think that's where I've we're been going. The Minoc this whole time. <laughs> Anyways, let me introduce my co-host today. Even though one of them's already butted in so heartily, of course, with me as always is my loving Harry. Well, I don't know if he's so loving lately, in, <laughs> since he's just Listen. thrown me out of the viewport into the Listen. dark coldness of space like within the span of a laundry. week. Yep. Listen, it was all a joke. It was all a funny haha. Sure it was. Without further ado, my main man, the one, the only, Mother Goose. Hello, everybody. And with us, as always now... Our little Minoc friend, the low-tech man, the turtle man himself. I don't know what he is these days. He he gets a new nickname every week. He got a new one last week, which I heard. And, um, yeah, I at this point, I don't know where I reside in the ship. I would, I think at this point, I'm in a coat closet. It, I don't know. <laughs> I still call dibs on having my Minoc nest inside of Gonky. That's still that's still where I, I live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> it's good to be back. You know, I was gone for a week, and like I said, I I do listen to the podcast when I'm not around, and I was listening today, and 
I, I just got this strange feeling that I wasn't allowed on my own show anymore. Hmm, I wonder why. And also, we allowed you back. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> we took oh, a vote. Yeah. You guys allowed me back. <laughs> yeah, we oh, allowed well, you back. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Man... Um, I, I have no friends. Elijah, we, we, we took him in. We brought him out of the cold <laughs> darkness of space. We said, come on in, buddy. Chew on some wires. Build a nest and gonky if you must. And here he is. Here he is saying, oh, you're welcome to come back now. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know how I know we're really friends? Because you know something friends would do is let each other back on the podcast. And that's what we did for, for you. Real, for so real. We are your friends. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. welcome. We love you. It was you. just a, uh, like a, a short mutiny for funsies. Yeah. But we are just joking. And then we realized we couldn't fly the ship without you. Yeah, we were you. just joking. It was all right. My, my yeah, tiny little mind joke, arms joke. wouldn't let me drive, and uh, Elijah doesn't know how to drive because he, you know, he does all the sound stuff, so yeah, we exactly. were lost. <laughs> oh, boys. It's good Anyone? to be back. For real. Anyone want to tell the audience what we're talking about today? <laughs> Bad Batch right. still. <laughs> Bad Batch still. I thought I would be gone for a week and maybe you guys would be like, ah, maybe we should talk about something else. But no, here we are still talking about the Bad Batch. Nah, but it's getting, it's getting really good um so we're talking about season two episodes what is this five through eight so this is, is entomb tribe the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences um a half of these episodes were actually no i'd say only one of these episodes i was like eh, it's okay i could have gone without it the rest i was like this is pretty good which one yeah i want to hear it now i'm enthralled i've been gone too long i need to hear well it. Um, it's the first one, so we can just get right into it. It's, uh, Entomb. I think I have I, some uh, opinions on why I enjoyed Entombed. Because I, I as well feel, yeah. and I have to be completely honest here, I only had time to watch Entombed and part of Tribe. But I remember Tribe very well okay. because of the things that happened in it. So the two episodes after that are going to be completely new to me until you guys introduce them and I remember again. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I I don't know. I liked the ending of Entomb, um, but again, I just felt like this was a filler episode. It was, but like I I really liked it. It I, was like, a shout honestly, out. Like one, it was um, like it was good with uh, like the Lucasfilm Indiana Jones esque kind of thing Thank in you. Star Wars. I thought that was it was sick. a I liked it. It was a love letter. <laughs> it was a love letter to Steven Spielberg and George Lucas because I mean yeah. you guys know George Lucas helped uh Steven Spielberg out with Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. And he would come on set and well I mean one didn't George Lucas get credited as a producer of yeah, I think Indiana um, Jones. I think Lucasfilm, like, actually is yeah, credited Lucasfilm's with producing the movie. The yeah. Indiana I Jones. I think Spielberg franchise. just directed, if I remember right. Yeah, Spielberg directed, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure George got credited with a, a producer spot yeah. or or something. Yeah, like it's it's Lucasfilm's movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, hundred yeah. percent right. Uh, 
I just think George got I a credit. Am, I am looking it up. Yeah, cr- it's uh, created by George Lucas. Yeah, so I mean, for me, Entombed was a love letter to Steven Spielberg and the Indiana Jones series. But also, um, with this episode, I don't know if you guys got the same vibe, but for me, it was almost like an homage to War of the Worlds. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of got the vibe from the ending. With the giant metal Pokemon robot, I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. well, while we're on it, was this was a Zepho creation, right? They don't say it, but judging by the shape of its head, it certainly looks like it. Yeah, and the the fact that they talk about how like ancient it is, and and the stone puzzles it, it gave me Zepho. Yeah, yeah, it gave me Zepho vibes. Yep. Okay, so explain the Zepho thing a little bit because you guys, I think, actually went back and played uh, Fallen Order. I I didn't. I just went off yeah. of my memory of the first playthrough that I did. So for our listeners out there, as well as including me, um, that maybe missed that episode or didn't listen to it because some people don't like that video game, but just the Zepho stuff, just a quick recap. I mean, I know it's an ancient civilization. They mentioned that. I'll stop talking now. Go ahead, okay. guys. Uh, it's like, I guess I'll just do a basic overview. The Zepho pretty much, they predate the Republic. So that's like 10,000-ish years. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were a force-sensitive species that had like extreme levels of technology. um, And they were just a really cool ancient culture with all kinds of cool tombs and stuff. Yeah, I don't think we get too much about them in... uh fallen order like we obviously we go to zepho there's a lot of puzzles and there's the giant robot that we have to fight but i think like lore wise we don't get too many tidbits on them yeah i, I mean, think you have to read like the journal entries yeah you have to really dig deep which that's uh like pretty much what you get from those those like i mean you you get that they're force sensitive and that they predate the republic and that they're uh you know they highly advanced, highly yeah. advanced, and then also like the Jedi studied them, um, like again before the Republic, like the early Jedi kind of studied the Zepho and stuff, and they were yeah. a big deal. So, My, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just so like in Legends, the original Jedi, I don't remember all of the details exactly, so I'll probably get some stuff wrong, but they're like these pods that got sent out and it collected all of the like force sensitive people and brought them to the original like Jedi planet. Um, I'm thinking the vibes I'm getting from the Zepho is that I, I think they're trying to set that story up again, but within Disney canon. I mean, sure, I'm sure they're going to change some stuff, but I, I think they're going to do it with the Zepho and say that like the Zepho helped create the original Jedi. That that's my theory. Yeah. Which I could see so that's that. A- it's a great lead-in. Um, if you guys haven't, um, while my wife and I were traveling cross-country, I read um, the first Thrawn book. Not the original mm-hmm. Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. His, his second series that now coincides with the current canon. I gotcha. did the first book, uh, the first Thrawn book. 
And then I downloaded the audiobook so I could listen while I was driving. Um, which is Thrawn Alliances, which is an adventure between Darth Vader and Thrawn. And they go back to Batu, where they met originally during the Clone Wars. And um there while uh Thrawn and Darth Vader are now on this separate adventure, it, it flashes back and forth. But there's another species uh called like the grisk that are from the unknown regions which is where the chiss ascendancy is from okay and with everything going on in mando and the things that it's setting up and that i think ahsoka will set up and uh i don't know if you guys have seen it but lately uh, an interview that happened with i believe john favreau and dave filoni or it was just a dave filoni interview or it was both of them. Um, they said that eventually all these series will collide. I mean, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Mando. They're all going to collide in this great war that's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be cool. And I think it's going to be the Chiss Ascendancy. I think they're going to mm-hmm. bring the Chiss into it. And like I said, you guys really need to either read those books or listen to them. Um. Which maybe by the time I get to the third one, this theory will be completely out the window. But I, I think the Chiss are gonna are gonna be our next big bad that happened yeah. before the events of the First Order. Because during um this time period that these books take place in, the Emperor the reason why he, he takes such a great interest in Thrawn is because of the Chiss ascendancy and what's going on in the unknown regions. And we know right. that the Emperor um has great interest in the unknown regions, and that's where he winds up building the First Order, mm-hmm. and all the cloning and stuff that's taking place. And we, and no spoilers, but we're we're getting more cloning stuff in Bad Batch and Mando at the same time, which is why I'm right. so glad these episodes come out at the same time every week. Because, I mean, obviously it's done hand in hand. But they're mm-hmm. they're complimenting each other so well this season in Mando and Bad Batch that you get one thing in Mando and you get one thing in Bad Batch and you're just like, wow, we're we're building up to something really great here. I I agree. Um, so back to the uh, episode though. What what do you guys have on Entomb? I kind of summed up my thoughts with Tuck. Uh, yeah, it's a great homage to Indiana Jones. And like I said, we get those War of the World vibes, which is which is cool. And uh, I I feel bad for Mel. Yeah, I do too. That's actually one of my notes. I'm like, poor Mel. He's he little... just gets blasted. Yep. Yeah. And also, apparently, mm-hmm. that's not the first time that's happened either. Because Fee's like, oh, I have his memory backed up on my ship. It's not a big deal. <laughs> oh, what do you guys think about the um the like? droid uh mafia that we get at the beginning the axis oh, oh that's next episode that's next episode oh sorry whoopsie nope. i watched them back to back right before i called you guys yeah. so that's okay we'll, we'll get to that in a couple seconds i mean pretty much like my last notes for it are like yeah i feel bad for mel um the giant robot i really liked that's like yeah, uh me like, too. it also gave me um kind of zillow beast episode vibes from clone wars where it's just like all of a sudden we have a filler episode with a giant monster for no reason but i love it you know like it's yeah. just 
it's just cool. I like it. Um, also, Elijah, I, I do find it very interesting that you brought up that it might be Zepho because I really didn't think about that when I first watched it. But now that I'm like kind of replaying it in my mind, I yeah. think I agree with you, man. I think there's a good chance just because of like it's an ancient robot, which was the kind of stuff the Zepho would do. Yeah, it's and, got and lasers. Like the, That's something the Zepho the would do. It's giant. That's something the Zepho would do. Like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know. And like just the like aesthetics of the robot because mm-hmm. yeah, like the huge I mean there's the huge head there's hundreds and, yeah. of different models of robots throughout Star Wars and they all have very different looks, but this one very specifically reminded me of the Zepho and their architecture and the robots that they built. Yeah. Yeah, because they almost have like a like a big hat on top. Yeah. It's the big it's the big hat. Yeah, the big hat did it for me too. Big hat, skinny face. Um, yeah. which actually, I mean, if you look up a picture of the Zepho, it's kind of what they look like too. Um, so just kind of fascinating, you know, actually just something that I'm just bringing up off the wall here, just kind of a crazy conspiracy theory thing. What if it's like, um, you know, like here on earth, we have pyramids in all sorts of different countries that look very similar, right? You know, what if these robots are kind of like star Wars pyramids? Where maybe it's yeah. not, maybe it's not the Zepho, but it's but a, a civilization race. that knew yeah. how to do that, like, kind of at the same time, and it's, I don't know. Yeah. Just, that's, that's, yeah. that's just me tying some red string to one thing to the other, but that's of what course. I think. Just of course. To, I don't know. I like seeing new stuff in Star Wars, but sometimes... I don't know what it is, but like these super weapons that we see, which I mean, this, you know, mechanation that we see is obviously a super weapon of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I, I get tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Like we we had the Death Star. I love the and Death Star. And then we Star. had a second Death Star. And then we had a second. We had Death Star 2. And then. And then we had Star Killer. Yeah. Which is Death Star 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, after Starkiller Base, I I just kind of I get tired of these mass energy producing super weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, I one of the super weapons that I liked that happened in Clone Wars was um, I don't know if you guys remember, but they were it was the episode where. Anakin and Ahsoka and Rex go down on this planet and it's where they meet the Lerman that live in those giant seed pods. Yeah. And they have created the Confederacy has created this weapon that launches from a tank and it destroys all biological life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that to me was was cool. It wasn't another Death Star. It wasn't another super laser. But it was still like a, a cataclysmic event type super right. weapon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I think, you know, there's only so much of that that you can do before it gets cliche. Yeah. But on the other hand, I really love it whenever we study like ancient Star Wars cultures. I just think that's really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah this I, one, no, this I understand one, that too. Yeah. This one I'm okay with because it was an ancient, like this was an ancient culture's take at this and not just like something new the Empire built that we saw in this one episode and never saw again. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But yeah. I don't know. But also, I get, I get your point too, Mac. Like, I I also like 
I think we can only burn down a planet so many times in Star Wars before we're just like, I get it. Like, before, like, honestly, you just get desensitized to it. It does nothing yeah. for the stakes. I created this ancient <laughs> super weapon laser from a spoon in a rusty mirror. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's ten times more powerful than Starkiller Base. Yeah, no, I mean... I don't want to dig at the episode because, like we said at the beginning, it was a great homage, and it, it it was a good episode. It was, but at the end of the day, it was a filler episode, and those are just my gripes about it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, well, shall we move on to tribe? Yeah, I think so. Which Gungi's which back, baby. Gungi is back. Yep, and then also, uh, like Mac brought this up earlier, but Vanguard access. The droid mafia; yeah. those guys are interesting. They yeah. are cool. They have like the. They reminded me of uh, L three from Solo. Oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. They're definitely they're definitely similar models. Yeah, I wonder if they're like the same company or something. I don't know. Same like manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd really like to know more about the Vanguard Axis. Yeah, and me also too. like my question is like. Since droids definitely don't have sentience, um, what, like, who's controlling them, you know? Yeah, who's the puppet master? Yeah. Or, also, maybe they're just droids doing bad things because they make their own choices. But someone had to program it in, though. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Tucker, I'm calling it. Right now, just for that, your kid's going to be the first of our kids to date a robot. <laughs> oh, I heard about that, too, in your last episode. What? I leave for a week. What is going on? Okay, well, so we talked about it on the last podcast. AI is really developing now. Mac, are you going to let your kids date robots? My kids wouldn't date a robot, so... <laughs> That's what they all say. The fact that we're even bringing up yeah, I don't know. I it may not, it may not be our kids, but I, I definitely think our at least our grandkids. Yeah, I, I'm gonna really hope that I um that my kids have like standard attraction to other humans. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. That's gonna be my parenting style is for them to turn out somewhat normal. <laughs> Elijah, have you watched Westworld? No, uh-uh. But I've heard it's good. Go go watch Westworld. <laughs> I, I will. I don't know. My thought process is, listen, robots are coming. I say we just set things in order now. Like, let's give them the right to vote, you nope, know? Nope, and that I'm way on, there's not a fight over I, their rights I'm on the team. Oh, let's just yeah. shoot them, dude. Let's just shoot them. That's way Take easier. Take them down. <laughs> yep, just Once they them. start saying, like... I had a dream last night. I'm boom, shooting boom, boom, it in boom, the boom. head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. I got a, a little sidetrack there. Um, anything else on the droid mafia? No, we'll definitely have to do some research. We need a droid episode. We haven't had a droid episode. Yeah, we should yeah, do it. I'd be down. Yeah. Actually, that'd be a good one this this weekend if y'all wanted to take a break from Bad Batch. Oh, yeah? Y'all could do that. If we need a Bad Batch break. Yeah. I always need a bad batch break. <laughs> We're so close. After we get through this, we have eight episodes left. And two no, podcasts. No, I don't want to give everybody... I enjoy the bad batch. I watch bad batch every week as soon as it comes out. I don't know. Hell yeah. It, it's just weird. It's I've, weird because we, 
went so long where we were just flying by the seat of our pants in this podcast. Now we're sticking now to we a have, schedule. Now and we have I feel structure. restrained. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think you're probably just burning yourself out since you watch it when it first come out. And then we do a podcast on it. And you watch it, like, before the podcast, so you end up watching them, like, two, three times, you know, I think, like, you may just be burning yeah. yourself out. Tuck and I, were just watching it once. And <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not hitting the pants. crack pipe like I am every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, really excited to see Gungi again. It's Gungi. Um, no, it's Gungi. In my heart of hearts. <laughs> you know, you and my brother say it the same way. He used to do that all the time, just to make me mad. And Gunji is like one of his favorite characters for whatever reason, but he's always like, Gungi. And I'm like, his name is not Gungi. It's Gunji. I, I will say, dude, he's actually one of my favorites, too. I love Wookiee Jedi. Like, just the idea, I think it's just so cool. Me too. If he dies, I riot. Which, I have to be honest, the other day... I was at work, and uh, I had some time. I was still working, but I could secretly listen to a podcast in my ear while I was working. And I just went back, and I listened to uh, our holiday special. With Lumpy? Yeah. With Lumpy. Mm -hmm. Also, I will say with Gunji, on that note, speaking of the holiday special, animated Wookiees don't look into your soul. And I like that. No, not at all. They look so much better. <laughs> they look kind of, yeah, they, they have that less um, somehow dead inside, but yet peering straight into your soul. Yeah, it's the uncanny valley thing, man. That's, yeah. It's weird. I don't like it. It's too similar to real life. You know, it's just freaky. <laughs> I appreciated that they did like clumps of hair instead of like individual like hair follicles like they did on oh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, like in the it animation looks, style. Yeah. Yeah, it looks so much better here. Mm -hmm. I Which, I mean, the, their styles are so different. The but. only thing I don't like with this animation style and like how Gunji looks is like whatever he like uses the force, like he has like a sleeve. <laughs> did you guys see that? Like, I thought that was kind of yeah. weird. That was the only I thing I was, really, I was like, why is he really wearing a sweater? Like, that just, it just, it didn't look like his skin. <laughs> you know, it, it was weird. <laughs> why yeah. does Gunji have no skin? Um, so they saved no skin Gunji. <laughs> uh, and they take him to Kashyyyk. Um, my, I had a note from when they first land. It's a missed opportunity to not use the spiders from Fallen Order. What did you guys think? I could see that. I thought they would show up. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping they would, honestly. Like, I mean, they were uh, they were in the Shadowlands. Like, it was, like, the perfect time for it. But yeah. Tuck, you've Which, mentioned the Shadowlands a couple times on the show. I love I, I think you should. <laughs> I think you should elaborate on the, the Shadowlands. If anybody is a nerd like us, and maybe they haven't researched Kashyyyk like you have, or Kassik for um <laughs> our yeah. uh, those holiday, holiday special, special friends <laughs> yep those people who are listening from 1978 and haven't watched anything since um mm -hmm. so Kashyyyk is obviously a, a a forest planet where the Wookiees live and they live the way their villages are constructed they're high up um so like they're actually like in the trees is where the Wookiees live and on the bottom of the forest, like the actual forest floor, is what we would call the Shadowlands. And it's called that because it's like literally dark down there. 
and there's giant spiders. There's all sorts of monsters and stuff that want to kill you and eat you for breakfast. And that's why it's the Shadowlands. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's just not a good place. And now we know <laughs> there's multiple types of giant spiders. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we, we got another thing to add to the list. And then also we have yeah. those giant tiger cat thingies. Oh, yeah. That, I don't uh, think we've ever the, seen the those Wookiees before. I guess train, which is cool. But on the other hand, like imagine a wild one of those. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No from me, dog. No from me. But the, uh, um, yeah, but that's the Shadowlands for anyone listening. Maybe I'm remembering them wrong, but didn't those like giant cat things have like giant mouse ears? Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. I imagine all the better to hear prey coming with for sure it probably for makes sure. them way better predators and they're also massive so scary yeah i felt bad because gunji just like kept fighting people and kept like slashing tanks and i'm like the empire's definitely coming back like yeah the bad batch saved them this time but there are definitely some inquisitors or vader himself coming yeah well that was the other thing that was interesting sorry to take us back to the beginning of the episode but no, they had okay. a a case full of chain codes. Yeah. And fake ones, too. Like, they were even called forgeries at the start. Well, no, yeah. my my point was more like the Vanguard Axis wanted X amount of chain codes, which amounted to a briefcase full of chain codes, which another side point here. I love, like, the the small tech in Star Wars, like the Camtono, the little briefcases. Like, mm-hmm. I love that little stuff. Like how, you know, the Camtono has a little bit of tech to it, but it's really just an ice cream maker. And, you know, a briefcase is just a briefcase, but it's got those little lights in it and stuff like that. Like those little things about Star Wars are, they just, they make me happy. Yeah. You know, they make mm-hmm. me feel like a little kid again and like, oh, maybe one day we'll have a Camtono or maybe one day we'll have a little briefcase that has lights inside of it and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I really they, think like, you know, it wouldn't be dramatic at all to say that it like it's magical in a way, you know, kind of like adds, yeah. adds a little magic to it. No, it does. I, I completely agree. And even though it's animation, it's it's still like, you know, kind of realistic. Yeah. Um, also, on the chain codes, the fact that, like, they're already, like, criminal organizations are already selling chain, chain codes in the bulk. Like, just again, we've mentioned this over and over again while talking about the Bad Batch. How well, fast. Well, no, the Bad Batch was selling chain codes to them. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying yeah. it the other way. No, sorry. My bad. I should have described it better. But just the fact that they're buying them because they're either going to use them for nefarious deeds or they're going to resell them for a higher price later. But um, like just how fast everything is moving, the transition, like they got the chain codes in and now people need chain codes to do bad things. Like Mm -hmm. this is what months after the first year of the Empire, really? So I I don't know. It's interesting because they're already, which the question is, who is Gunji being sold to? Because the droids know that he's a Jedi because the leader droid had his lightsaber. Right, right. But they ordered so many fake chain codes that it 
like Wookiees were sold into slavedom to work on the the Death Star. Mm-hmm. We know that for a fact. That's canon. Mm-hmm. It has been for a long time. My guess is either a like collect a collector of some kind, a like hunter. You know the that species that went and hunted Jedi Padawans yeah. in the Clone Wars. Trandoshans. Yeah, or. It was someone like Bail Organa who was trying to save Gunji. Yeah, or, I mean, I th- I think it was... I agree that it probably isn't the Empire cause, I mean, the, of the, because of the fake chain codes. Uh, that'd yeah. be kind of weird things to be buying together. Um, but, on the other hand, like, you know, what if it's some kind of, like, collector, yes, but, like, also what if it's, like, you know, speaking of, like, nefarious, like, what if it's someone who, like, eats Wookiees like what if Wookiee is some kind of delicacy or something well, weird no, the only reason I, I say it's the Empire is because which is why I said you guys need to read Thrawn is because they um, the slaves get up brought up at one point um, it's in the first book while Thrawn's trying to figure out um, the, the Death Star being built he doesn't know that it's a Death Star but he's tracing things and trying to put things together and materials are being shipped to this random place. And the empire basically has like shell companies Mm -hmm. that, you know, mine certain ores and do these certain things. And then it gets sent to a secret location, which when you're reading the book, you know, it's the death star. Right. Right. Hmm. So obviously the empire in its beginning stages couldn't just be outright evil they had to go through those things like we see in um bad batch where the idea of building a new army comes Mm -hmm. the the emperor just couldn't say all right we're we're making we're doing stormtroopers now yeah he had to slowly phase it in and Mm -hmm. wait until he could say, oh, because of this event, now we have stormtroopers. Right, right, which I am very excited to talk about. Is that, is that, um, what we're, is that part of this series? Yeah, it's going to yeah, be the next two episodes, pretty the much. The next two episodes, that's what they're on. Um, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, do we have any more thoughts on, on tribes? I mean, again, this was a really good episode, but... It, I still kind of feel like it's a filler episode. It was, it was another, it's a Clone Wars episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd yeah. say so. It's, it, it's Clone Wars. It, it was, it was an excuse for Dave Filoni to make a Clone Wars episodes during Bad Batch. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I can and see it, that. it was good. Um, oh, okay. Something I did take note of is like, um, I think it was, Echo was, not Echoes, Tech was translating the Wookiee originally. And, like, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Hunter, like, asked Echo, oh, what what are they saying? And then, like, halfway through the episode, he just switched so that he could understand well, what but, the Wookiees were saying. But he does no, say so about in the beginning, whenever Gunji, whenever Gunji first gets on the ship, Omega is, like, what's wrong with him or whatever, and he's like, He's probably scared, and then Gunji says some stuff, and he's like, "My, you know, Wookiees is a little rusty." 
but I think you said his name is Gunji. Right, right. So Which, Hunter does understand Wookiees, but it's hit or miss, I guess. Yeah, but on the other hand, too, I mean, like, Wookie, Wookiees are pretty prevalent in the galaxy. Like, there's, they're not a rare species. Right. And so, like, I would actually think at least, like, four um, specialized clone units like the Bad Batch, it'd probably be to their advantage to at least, like, know a little bit of Wookiee. Like, not like, a lo- I mean, like, maybe not be, like, totally fluent, but at least be able to, like, pick it up, kind of. Well, Wrecker also mentions in the episode that they haven't been to Kashyyyk in a while, so they've been there before. Yeah, they were probably there for the invasion, I imagine. Like, back at the Clone yeah. I thought that, too, in episode three. Mm-hmm. I guess. And also, too, I mean, we know that that's not the uh, the first or last time that Kashyyyk is invaded. I mean, like, it's invaded a lot because it's such a uh, a big oil planet. Um, yeah. Like, everybody wants that Kashyyyk oil. And so, like, they... Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they're, uh, um, they're a prime target for anybody, um, including the CIS, other groups, Empire. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, like, that's a pretty normal spot, a, a pretty normal stop for a clone trooper is Kashyyyk. Like, maybe that's, like, a place they patrol. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we're talking about languages. Do you guys know they had three? There are three Wookiee languages. Well, there's Wookiees, and then there's I can't pronounce it right, but it's Shrookies. Yeah, uh, Shariwook, which is the this is yeah. the like normal one. This is what Chewbacca speaks, or the most common. Mm-hmm. And there's Thykarnin and Zaxic. I definitely butchered both of those. Um, anyway, I had noticed I was watching the subtitles today, and it was instead of saying like grunts and Wookie or whatever, or just yeah, grunts, it, it specifically said Sheree Wook. Yeah. Um. So I uh, was just doing some research on it, and I was like, oh, there's more languages. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know. Oh, like, well, it's the probably are- dialects. Right, Tuck? Yeah. I mean, you're our resident Kashyyyk expert. It's probably dialects, right? Dialects or, like, the Wookiees are a very, very, like, traditional people with a lot of ceremonies and stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me either if, like, one of those languages, for instance, is only spoken, like, during certain ceremonies and whatnot. Like, kind of akin to, like, how a lot of Catholic churches, even still to this day, use Latin. Yeah. You know, like, something like that. I would guess because I know like they are a very like um, a very religious people. The the Wookiees are. I mean, like it's even prevalent in this episode with the like talking to the trees, praying to the trees. What do the trees want us to do? Like, that's just kind of part of being a Wookiee. So I would guess like one of those languages is probably for that. And then, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big, big, big planet that is mostly forest. So I would imagine there's several different Wookiee dialects and that kind of thing too. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, do you guys have anything else on this episode before we move to the next two? I've talked about everything that I remember. So gotcha. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. Like, I mean, it's, it's a pretty basic storyline. It's pretty much like the Trandoshans and the empire are coming. They're burning down the forest. 
Oh, I forgot about the yeah. Trandoshans are here. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah there's a group of Trandoshans and clones. Yeah, and they're being contracted by the Empire to burn down the forest and the villages. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're capturing the Wookiees. Uh, yeah. So this is the beginning of Wookiee slavery, I think. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's yeah. what this is. But No, I, I, I agree, which doesn't bode well for Gunji. Yep. Okay, so our next two episodes, again, they're, they're kind of connected. We can talk about it in one big chunk or we can separate it. It's uh, whatever you guys want. It's the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences. Um, I say just let's just treat it like a big episode. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm I down. remember neither of them, so go ahead. <laughs> Great. So uh Truth and Consequences starts with essentially two clones. They're talking and they're like, Hey, I don't wanna pretend like I I don't wanna lie about destroying our home. Like that was not the right thing to do. Oh uh, it's all coming b- this is with the Pantoran Senator. Mm-hmm. Senator mm-hmm. Chuchi. Yep. Yep. Senator Chuchi. Uh, so one of them essentially reached out to the governor and was like, hey, either you tell the truth or I will. And so the governor, what is it, Governor Rampart? Admiral Rampart, yep. Admiral Rampart, yeah. Um, had the first clone killed. Um, and so the other clone reaches out to Chuchi. Or, well, actually, no, Chuchi goes and is like, hey, clones, how can I How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I want to represent you guys. What? What can we do? Um, Which actually, so a, this... a background note on that real quick. Well, the reason that Chuchi goes to reach out to the clones is because the Empire is creating basically a stormtrooper bill. And so the clones are going to be useless and there's going to be nothing for them to be able to do. They don't have any representation in the Senate. Um, and so Chuchi basically, like, as an add-on to the stormtrooper bill, is trying to create, like, some sort of pension or retirement system so that that way the clones aren't totally screwed. Right, which I really liked because, like, on one side, we obviously had Admiral Rampart and the banking clan saying, yes, let's create a new army. And then we had Organa um, and some other senators saying, no, we shouldn't create another army. Like, we just finished the war. Why are we doing this? And then Choo was kind of in the middle, like, yeah, okay, if we create a new army, how are we going to take care of our veterans? And I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I did too. It's just weird um, to think Padme's dead in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, Padme Padme is big dead. And has been dead for like several years at this point. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see an alternate several, universe. I don't know about Two or three years, uh, I think. Right? I I'm thinking we're in months. Months to the first year. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because think about it. The yeah. beginning of season one was literally order 66 so yeah uh i mean we don't know how many how much time passes between each episode like it could be it could be days it could be weeks could be months maybe we are in a couple years i i just don't really know at this point yeah reason i reason i think it can be a couple years because this he hasn't done the full move to stormtroopers yet right but we see I think if I think hypothetically on Tux, I'm with you, Mac, on that it's a couple months to a year. But in Tux defense, I think it could work out if this had been a couple years because the next time we see stormtroopers in the timeline, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Jedi Fallen Order, which would be uh, five years uh, after Order 66. So 
I mean, even if this was two years after, that would still leave three years for the uh, stormtroopers to be fully integrated. Yeah, and the reason I think it's more than just some months is, I mean, if you look at, like, Omega's progression, and I understand they age twice as fast, but, like, I mean, she certainly has aged a year in between seasons. You know, it's it's... And also, like, I mean, all that time that it's taken to train her and, like, take her on different adventures and stuff. Like, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, it's been longer than, it's certainly been longer than months, I think. I do not know. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Filoni will, uh, will tell us. Yep. We need a timeline for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, which I'm sure we'll get at the end of the series. So then we'll have, like, a basic, okay, this was between 19 BBY to you know 14 bby or whatever yeah oh yeah so this cone reaches out to chuchi and says hey we were actually the ones that destroyed um camino camino yeah and really a lot of it is just like the political uh we get to see the senate we get to see chuchi kind of trying to find evidence um yep she uh I, this takes place over, I think, a couple of days. So she leaves this clone, goes to talk to people in the Senate, and then she goes to find him again. Uh, he gets killed, and then... Which, actually, before that, get, the senator that she talks to is Senator Batoni, mm-hmm. which is Camino's senator. Um, yeah. Who pretty much essentially helps her, um, even though, like, in Clone Wars, she's kind of a nasty person and she still kind of is in bad batch but um she reveals to senator chuchi basically like that admiral rampart had diverted um funds from the clone from the cloning facility um days before quote unquote a massive storm took out topoka city mhm and what we learned here is it wasn't just topoka city it was all of the cities on Camino. Yep. Yep, all they, the civilians. They are wiped dead. them yep. all out. It was a it was another purge. Yep. Which is wild. And we get our boy, we get our boy Rex come and save uh Senator Chuchi. Yep. He does. Mhm. Yeah. And it turns out he slips contact, so like he was trying to get slip off world. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know about you guys, but I I was pretty sure it was Rex. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, it wasn't the I mean, biggest surprise. Yeah, it's obvious that Rex is building a a network of clones and everything. Mm-hmm. I had a specific suspicion that maybe it was Cody, but I felt like it was just too soon since he went AWOL for like him to be doing stuff like this. That yeah. was a great note too that you guys brought up in the last episode that Cody finally oh that conversation that Cody and Crosshair have at the end of the episode mm-hmm so good mm-hmm yeah yeah um which is yeah. interesting considering the fact that Cody took out Obi-Wan mm-hmm mm-hmm uh-huh. Yep. But also, I'm not crying. You're crying. Also, with Star Wars, man, there's always redemption. There's that, always redemption. Big, that's always a big theme. They're it they're is, giving our boy Cody some hope. Okay, so that that was a basic rundown of uh, the clone conspiracy. Uh, truth and consequences. Essentially, we see 
Rex reaches out to the Bad Batch because Slip had uh, essentially co copied proof that they had attacked Kamino, um, and they needed to go onto um, Rampart's ship to get it. So on one half, we have um, Omega going around with Chuchi talking to different senators and stuff, and then we have Clone Force 99 and Rex breaking onto this Venator ship to get the evidence. Um, they get it to Chuchi. They show it to the Senate. Uh, and then good old Palpatine does what Palpatine does best. And he manip manipulates the situation in his favor and essentially says, Wow, Rampart's a really bad guy that he did that thing. I can't believe him and the clones did that thing, so I think instead we need to make stormtroopers because the clones are too loyal. They just follow orders. Yep, and as always, Sneaky Sheev is one step ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's it, they bring it up in the episode. I think Chuchi says it, that like Palpatine hasn't shown up to a Senate hearing in like quite a long time. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Morgana he, says that, yeah. Then, you know, of course he rises up from the ground. And, but like, don't clone troopers take Rampart into custody? Yep. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, which, uh, and it's while he's uh, literally yelling, I was just following orders. I was just following orders. Yes. And something on that is like, um, it did it sound like they lowered his mic a little bit? Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, like they, they like turned it off. You yeah. can like hear it. So, like, you yeah. could still hear it if you were close, but it wasn't going out to the whole Senate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sneaky sheaves, man. Sneaky sheaves. <laughs> uh, okay, so something I really liked that these two episodes gave us was we talk about it all the time, but we got actual confirmation that there were millions of clones because yep. Rampart and Choo-Choo were talking, and Rampart was like, what, you want us to give pensions to millions of clones? Yeah. And I, I literally was like, yes, finally. Which that was actually one of my notes, too. Yeah, I was super excited. Um, I don't know. Mac, what did you think about these two episodes? They're they're flashing back and forth. I, I remember the Chuchi being saved by Rex. Mm -hmm. I remember that, and then I'm trying to remember more of the second episode, but all I really remember is Sheev coming out of the ground and ordering Rampart away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, basically, the only things that like we've really missed as far as the plot goes is like, so as Elijah mentioned, um, the Bad Batch has to climb aboard the Venator to take the data, which is in like one of those cool little suitcases, like you'd mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um and they get it to Omega just in time. And so Chuchi is on the Senate floor talking about the information she got from Senator Bertoni with her that Rampart had diverted the funds. And then Omega gives the data to Senator Organa, who shoots forward and plays the tape. And then the entire Senate watches in horror as Camino is destroyed right in front of their eyes. And that's pretty much yeah. As far as the plot goes, that's basically what happens. Mm -hmm. Which it it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. Wonder About, what? Like how how the empire got away with it? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I like I said, she's she's played it off. Like 
I didn't know about this. I'm just as shocked and as mad as you guys are. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Actually, you know what? On that note, we forgot about the uh, the assassin and who he is. Um, so it oh, turns yeah. out that the assassin that was trying to kill Chuchi and Slip was a clone that had had all of his identification stripped from him. Mm-hmm. Um, which I imagine yeah. they probably mind flayed him. I'm guessing. Yeah. But I don't know. I agree. And he I don't know if he got mind flayed. I think he just had that inhibitor chip, and I think it really took. Well, but they, yeah. uh, but they don't have any ID on him. Like, in in fact, Rex doesn't even think he's a clone at first. Right. Rex is like he's right. not a trooper. He says that, and it's like it's real. And and then they mention later that like all of his identification is gone. Well, yeah. could it be? And, and- could it be one of Sheev's experiments into cloning? Maybe. Maybe he is yeah. a new clone. Um, but yeah, his basically his last words to Rex, and actually I I find these kind of haunting. Um Yeah, same. He tells Rex basically that like um that you're the traitor, um, and that what Rex is doing is the wrong thing, and that like the galaxy needs law and order, blah blah blah. He like monologues a little bit. Um and then Rex says something like if that makes me a traitor, what does that make you? And he says, a believer. And he bites a suicide uh-huh. pill and dies. It was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like these episodes. I think these these two episodes have been my favorite of the entire season so far. Maybe of the entire series. Oh, I love it whenever things go dark. Mm-hmm. And I like yeah. the I love the political games, the Star Wars political games. I just always find those fun. Yeah, and I I was really thinking about this while watching this last group of episodes was just the fact that Bad Batch is the best when it's like actually showing off what's happening in the galaxy and actually progressing the story. Uh, like this half, like it's so weird. I feel like the show is like two. It's like two different shows. There's half that's like actually telling a story that's actually serialized, and then half that's episodic. And um, I, I don't know. It's just it's so much better, or it's at its best at these episodes. Yeah. No, I agree with you a hundred percent, and I think that's a great way to put it. Is there's definitely two sides of Bad Batch. We get the adventure episodes where we go try to find this artifact of fee and then we get these really dark episodes where somebody chews a suicide pill and says long live the empire yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, yeah but it, it makes for a heck of a show man it really does for sure it does for and sure. i mean you definitely need that ebb and flow in a show mm-hmm. if, if it was all dark all the time it it'd be miserable yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we need episodes like Tribes where they go save Jedi uh, Gungi. <laughs> Gungi. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And I th- I think it's important to like to remember like, you know, that Star Wars has always been for kids. You know, like that's always mm-hmm. been the the goal of Star Wars. And I think that's like that's a very important thing for shows like this to keep in mind because if you just go like dark and dark and dark and dark and dark, that's not, I don't feel like that's true to star Wars. Like you, you've got to have some comic relief. You've got to have some lightheartedness here and there. Um, while all this bad stuff is happening 
Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yep. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're not watching the end of episode three. You know, yeah. we're not watching Duel of Fates for an hour and a half. We're watching Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah, also, and- but that's what makes those moments so powerful, though, is because they're spread out like that. Like, I mean, if, if this, like, if Star Wars was like Game of Thrones, you know, I just, I, I don't think it would be as good just because, like, I think when you just watch, like, something just dark happen and dark happen and dark. I think you get desensitized. Like, I don't really think it matters as much. Um, yeah. And so I think that's also no, that's one a, of the good things. That's a really good point. My wife and I were really into uh, the the Viking show for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that show too. And uh, We didn't even finish it. We're, we're somewhere in like season five or something because she was like, I'm just kind of tired of all this at this point. And like me, I'm a, you know, a completionist. I'm like, we got to watch the entire show through, but I, I haven't watched it in, you know, like two years since last time we watched it whenever we were dating. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. That's exactly yeah, pretty much where I'm at too. Like I just get, I got bored honestly yeah. with how, how violent it is. I mean, it's just like, it wasn't even really about the story anymore. Yeah, you yes. need a good balance. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And that's what Star Wars does. It it balances, just like the Force itself, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it, it finds the balance of, you know, having a, sh- having a show and a universe and a movie that quite literally anyone can watch. You know, like whether yeah. you are five or 80, like you could watch and enjoy Star Wars. And I love that about it. Well said. Uh, all right. Do How we have wholesome. any more thoughts on um, truth and consequences and the clone conspiracy? I don't think so. I think I think we did it. I think we, you know, I think the final question is for our Minoc man himself: Was it a good batch or a bad batch? I gotta say, this is probably uh, your boy, the Minoc's favorite batch of four so far. Oh, I think you just oh, gotta yeah. wait till the latter half of this season. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that I will uh, move it around. And also, I mean, dude, I am the equivalent of like a grandma telling all of her grandsons that they're that they're her favorite grandson. You know, like I'm 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 that guy when it comes to wait, Star Wars. Wait, are you telling me that I'm not my grandma's favorite grandson? <laughs> Don't even hey, don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> well great uh thank you guys so much for listening uh if you have any questions or want to be a part of this conversation you can email us at animal squadron at gmail.com again that is animal squadron at gmail.com and uh we'll see in the next one for the animal squadron this has been mother goose the real question is did elijah even check the listener mail this week I listen, I forgot my laptop downstairs and was too lazy. Ah, uh, that's the real answer. Well, if your I messages checked- are in the inbox, Elijah will check them sometime. Um, like you said, he was uh Mother Goose. I am the one and only house dog back again, and I will be back for the foreseeable future, whether that's a week or two weeks or three weeks, who knows? But I'm I'm glad to be back and I'll be here for a minute. And also, you're your far shorter winded friend, Low Tech Tuck. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <Adios. laughs>